Welcome back to the Two Man Wall Podcast. This is yet another installment of our postseason State of the Club series. And today we have the surprise addition to this group. Yeah. An addition that, if you told me we were doing a series like this, probably lock it at six, but definitely deserving of a seventh spot after mm. the season they had. It's Newcastle United. And what a season they had a revelation when it came however they did it however mm. you feel about the way their club got to that point yeah they still need to get to that point and the way they got to that point was beautiful when it comes to soccer terms rock solid defense some very exciting attacking play without really a huge contribution from honestly their best attacker mm. Dante Maximon. um so some young players coming through dan Byrne playing well which is <laughs> You know, in all honesty, the the, the cornerstone of a, that's if he crumbles, I think the whole pyramid falls. To yeah. be completely honest, but yeah, what a season for Newcastle. Yeah, there's not too much to say in terms of just like overall without getting into details, but this was just a phenomenal Newcastle season that defied even the wildest expectation. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we all knew that this Newcastle team was on the up, but they flash forward you know four or five years in terms of their yeah. project i think so. other fan bases are you know they knew it was coming but we know it was coming so soon yeah you know i think we think we we had more time to prepare for the public investment mm. fund but it's here yeah and it, it might be here to stay unfortunately they haven't even signed mbappe yet yeah. and they're already <laughs> in champions league so let's look at their season by the numbers in the Premier League, they came fourth, securing a Champions League spot, a achievement that not even the truest of Geordies yeah. would have uh, expected, should I say. In the FA Cup, they lost to Sheffield Wednesday in the first round that they could have, the third round proper. Um, not the most stellar performances mm. in the FA Cup. Um, but in League Cup, they were runners-up. They had a shot at the trophy at the end, ended up coming up just short to Manchester United. But... I mean, nobody really, <laughs> nobody yeah. in the no one's uh, complaining. No one's complaining in the black mm. and white uh, about this season. This was absolutely phenomenal. Down to the football they played, down to the progression. That Almiron, fucking Isaac, Calum mm-hmm. Wilson. They Calum Wilson and Isaac rarely played together, and they both mm-hmm. had like fifteen league goals. Like that was yeah. crazy. Double digits at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, both of them had double digits. I think yeah. Wilson had seventeen yeah. or eighteen. Like crazy numbers. <laughs> Really, um, like you said, uh, in Almiron Renaissance, I mean, it was he kind of fell off the face of the earth in the second half of the season. But that first half of the season, where he scored like seven remember. games running, yeah, no, that was crazy. He scored some worldies in there too. Um, and the new signings, Isak, Pope, Botman, all yeah, were just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Pope and Botman were the centerpiece of that defense yeah. all season and Isak, he was dealing with injuries for a while but once he came in he was a revelation i mean i feel like i mentioned on previous podcasts but that assist against everton <laughs> it honestly in my opinion it should have been goal this season yeah uh, definitely a shot i don't think it was even up there because they like to go for the real past strikes, like but... six players from yeah. midfield but yeah he's Honestly, Isak is now one of my like favorite players in the Premier League. Sure. Like yeah. to be for a player that stature to have so much like poise and control yeah. and dribbling ability and playmaking ability. I mean, he does it all. So 
yeah, I can't say enough about him, but all of the Newcastle players, Trippier and Gimaresh, who were the earlier, yeah. uh, you know, Saudi signings, yeah. you know, continuing to prove their worth again, just the absolute heart and soul right. of this team. Trippier was undeniably the best right back in the league this season, probably best fullback in general. Yeah, uh, player um, of the season. Gimaresh. I feel like they didn't even get a shout for team of the season, but definitely one of the best yeah. midfielders Joel this Linton. year. Joe Linton, yeah, again, you know, we could talk all day about how he's been transformed under <laughs> Eddie Howe into this, you know, box-to-box midfield role. He was phenomenal. Again, and it's players like, you know, Joel Linton and Jacob Murphy even just contributing. Yeah. Players from, you know, the previous era, the, you know, the dog days of, you know, <laughs> Newcastle. Now having this resurgence under yeah. Eddie Howe, they have a lot of squad depth. Everybody's contributed. It's a well-rounded team. Um, yeah, not enough words to say. And Eddie Howe, I don't know how he wasn't manager of the season. I, I had him. As, I think we both did yeah. manager of the season. Um, or at the very least, just shown him in tap. Yeah, I, this, this is one of those, like, almost the opposite of Liverpool. We talked on the last podcast. Yeah, like Liverpool had the quality, but had holes, and those holes made the rest of the team underperform. Newcastle had the quality, but the team was so top to bottom solid that it made everyone better, mm-hmm. and it made them perform as this like insanely like synergetic. Is that even a word? I'm mm-hmm. like synergy as an adjective that's yeah. what i'm looking for but there was so much synergy with this team back to front i mean we, i talked about it when uh the week that arsenal played liverpool uh arsenal played, liverpool, arsenal played newcastle yeah but like i've never really like seen the payoffs of good tactics like i saw for newcastle on that day they were they, they outclassed arteta they they saw what how arteta builds up and eddie house specifically like doubled the wingers their the work rate of the center mids Jolinton and Gimaresh doubled the wingers every single time they had the ball Saka and Martinelli had nothing to work with it like the tactics the energy the quality like rock solid at the back impossibly hard to deal with up front like that's the that's the formula for a winning football team at any stage of the life cycle of football from the 1800s to 2022 like it's it's the foundation of this team that is what scares me because you can't really say like that Leicester team you can't really say like okay this team was unbelievable but their center back pairing is Robert Huth and Wes Morgan <laughs> like you can't you can't say that about this Newcastle team because you're like oh shit this is a real football team that we're going to have to deal with in the next 5 mm. years at least probably going to be better in 5 years like, this is terrifying that, like, I mean, maybe because Tottenham might be dropping out of it now, uh, certainly if they lose Kane, but, like, I'm not prepared for a big seven either. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. We got to deal with five other world-class teams every single year in the Premier League. I'm not ready for six, okay? And Brighton is like, thank God people keep buying Brighton's players because yeah. I don't have to deal with them. Too. Even though they keep getting better somehow. <laughs> Seriously, oh my god, I, we should do one of them for Brighton. Honestly, it deserves it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this this is one of those seasons that 
Newcastle fans will probably look back on in a couple of years and say, like, that was the turning point. It's yeah. Certainly. I mean, year before they finished, like, 9th, 10th. Now they're finishing. Or they say that was the peak. In yeah. The year like, <laughs> One can only hope as, a, yeah. as, an, as an opposing fan. Um, but let's get into some season grades. What do you grade this season from Newcastle United? In my opinion, I don't think it can be anything other than an A+. This team finished 11th last year and not like a Chelsea finishing mm. 11th after finishing in the top four. Yeah. They went from four months before they finished 11th, they mm. were dead last in the Premier League. So, again, we knew that this Newcastle team was always on the up and up, I think. We both predicted them to finish outside the top six, yeah. but again, continue to progress. But top four, again, like with the teams they have to compete with, like this big six, to be able to yeah. finish top four in this era of the Premier League is so, so difficult. Yeah. And they, they did that with, you know, the players they had and the manager that they had. You know, they've improved just so exponentially yeah. um it really shouldn't be lost on people just how huge of an achievement this is it, it's an a plus year and if that wasn't enough they also went to a cup final for the first time in like 30 years or whatever yeah. uh it, it has to be an a plus season because how could you ask for more see i see where you're coming from i'm gonna give them an a um so you know tick below I think A plus is reserved, and this is just like matter of opinion. Mm. I certainly see the argument. Um, I think A plus is reserved for those special, special seasons. Ones you look back on in 10, 15 years for this organization, you say like, what a team, you know? And I think that I gave City a A plus because I think in 10, 15 years, we're going to look back, triple season, you know? This is an A. This is everything but that pixie dust on top special, like incredibly like immortal team for Newcastle. That's what I'm saying. Everything but that. Exceed blew through expectations. Newcastle fans would have a stroke in front of you if you told them they finished fourth. Seriously, even with this manager, even with their good young signings, Jolinton resurgence, everything. You told them Callum Wilson scored 17 goals, they'd slap you in the face. <laughs> like, they got everything and more from every single human on their roster. This was an unbelievable season. Not an A+, though. Un I, like, I feel like the way I'm explaining this, I'm explaining like a B+, but I'm not. This is an A, and an A, I said it for, um, when I say for United, A-, I'll take an A- for eternity. A, if you got an A every season, holy shit, you're, you'd be Real Madrid in three years. Mm. Like, this is the, the most fucking slow, I'm blanking on the word, steepest trajectory upwards that you could possibly have without literally, like, being magical. Were they, you know, pixie dust magical this season? Right there, but not there. Maybe you thought they were, but I, I wasn't. I thought they were. I wasn't A plus magical. I, I, it's almost like, you know, the, like the, when you rate girls one to 10, it's like yeah. 10s don't exist. Like they're <laughs> like, they're fairy tales. That's kind of the, the logic I'm going with on that. It's cause like, and some people think 10s exist. What I'm saying is 
there's very few. There's there's fewer than you think. And when it comes to A plus seasons, there's I don't I think years could go by mm. in the Premier League and we won't see another A plus season from any team. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I'm that's what that's how I'm grading this the uniqueness of an A plus season. But A and strong A for Newcastle United. Where do we go from here with Newcastle United? Where do we go from here with Newcastle United? They have emphasis emphasis on the question mark because we yeah. really don't know. Like we where have an go. embarrassment of riches on our hands, but we also have you know a club named Newcastle United, not one named Real Madrid or yeah. or uh, Man U or something like that. So uh, you can't just go for the you know you know we joke about Mbappe, but you can't yeah. just go go for the Mbappe. Mm-hmm. You need to like go you know. Fucking Isaac to Tenali to somebody else to somebody mm. else then Mbappe. Mm. You know, you need to, stages of proving yourself. I think that the best you can hope for out of Newcastle this season is to kind of show that similar to Arsenal that they will take that next step when it comes to uh, the tier of their signing. I think Arsenal did it. You know, the here we go with Rice is done. So I'm gonna assume that it's done with Declan Rice. Arsenal. Hook that next step in tier of signing. This was, you know, this isn't like a Pepe yeah. for 75, 70 million where they're mm. like being overly confident. This is uh, a player that got bid on by multiple players at this or this about mm. um, price range. Uh, this is a player that is wanted by many clubs in many leagues, and they're the ones that got him. That's, that's the kind of upgrade in tier that I'm talking about with Newcastle. And I think Tenali, mm-hmm. maybe he, he, Picks, he, he goes to that tier above because he is a very good young player and a very solid young player. Yeah. How much did he go for? 65, 70, something 70. like that? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's quite a, a check. Um, I, I think maybe that's, that's, a, that's the tier I'm, I'm, I'm talking about when it comes to like proving themselves and saying, like, we're not satisfied here. We're still improving. Because, again, we say in the Premier League, if you're not improving, you're moving backwards. Yeah. So if they sat on this team and said, hey, we did well last season – and we could do it again this season, I think that'd be ill judgment from Newcastle. I like that they're being more ambitious, and you kind of have to be, especially yeah. when you have this embarrassment of riches behind you. Yeah, I think I think you explained the Tenali transfer well. I think, obviously, Newcastle aren't an elite club, so they can't buy elite players, but what they have done is mm-hmm. bought high-quality players that are being targeted by elite yeah. clubs. And that's the kind of player that Tenali is. And that's kind of the steps up that they're making. Like, you know, they bought Isak and Gimresh, who are quality players who are targeted by, like, you know, semi-elite clubs, like, you know, Arsenal. Yeah. Or, like, you know, Dortmunds, or teams that are just below yeah. that, you yeah. know, upper echelon tier. And I think that's kind of what Newcastle are doing now. Tenali's a great signing. Uh-huh. Uh, he'll be perfect for them as long as, you know, he doesn't get depressed, which <laughs> right now it seems like he is. <laughs> What I've heard. That video of the of the locker room was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I could that's the thing about Tenali. Like I could easily see him flopping. That's the thing. I could I could see him. As long as he doesn't get like disgruntled. Yeah. I could see I mean all the memes where it's like the FIFA career mode is like boss gray skies, like I just can't do it. I gotta I need a move. I mean like coming from literally Milan Uh. to Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> um that's one of the bigger downgrades in geography. Yeah. I s- put the football aside. Anywhere in England is a downgrade from pretty much anywhere <laughs> in Italy 
You can make the case. London, like, you can make a case, but like not even like along. You're not even like along the coast or anything. Like that's like way north. Like that is rough. Like I mean, there's no there's no Italians on the team either. So like I could see how we could feel isolated. I don't know how much how good English he speaks. I'm not gonna try an accent right now because it would yeah. just sound like Mario. Oh, <laughs> uh, but like it's it's definitely one of those signings where I could see him just not playing well his first season maybe getting dropped for another younger player like long staff or something and then kind of shipping his way back to italy to like fiorentina or something in three years like i could totally see that or maybe back to milan because he can go back to milan um because certainly that's where he came up in the academy right milan or did he get bought from somewhere no he did no. right he got bought from uh like genoa or something um yeah it was somewhere maybe I like yeah, it was somewhere. Yeah. Um. Either way. Yeah, I could hundred percent see Tenali being one of those signings that does not pan out. Like it just it it's I've seen so many signings kind of come and go like that that it just if I had to guess gun to my head I don't think it's gonna work out. I think it's a good signing on paper, but like there's I think the intangibles are just gonna catch up to this 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 signing. Like like geography, I know it sounds stupid, but I, I the language barrier and like that's why I think that you talk about English tax, like that's kind of the tax is that like they come in and like they're not out of place, they feel at home, and like there's a lot of intangibles they need to talk about when these guys are you know it's your whole job, ten hours a day you're this is you're doing this like if I had to pick up and go to fucking like Turkey, I'd probably I feel isolated too, whatever I'm doing, whether it's football, whether it's fucking accounting like. It's yeah. it, this is this is a profession at the end of the day, and the, the t- intangibles don't really line up on this one. That being said, Mosal is Egyptian, coming from Italy, came in, scored yeah. thirty whatever goals in the first season. So like, it's possible, mm-hmm. but I don't have faith. In, if you know, you're asking me to make a prediction. That's my prediction. I don't think it's going to pan out. In a lot of cases, I would agree with you because I do think that you know, big money signings to the Premier League from, you know, other top five yeah. leagues very often. You see it so often that they don't pan out. Uh-huh. However, Newcastle, you know, they've already made a couple of these types of signings. Isak from Sociedad, yeah. Gimaresh from Leon, both of them have been phenomenal. Botman uh-huh. from yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Leo. Yeah, so like, many success stories, yeah. All, all of those have worked out already. And also, just personally, I just love Tenali as a player. Yo, like, yeah, he's great. Yeah, I mean, watching the Champions League million, this yeah. year, when Leal was out... Uh, for AC Milan in that Inter Milan tie, which obviously Milan played terrible, yeah. and Tenali was like the only like, <laughs> good player. Like he was from from the sixth position, he was their best offensive yeah. player. Like I just really like him as a player, so I do think he'll pan out. But again, you never know. It's always a toss up with these. Yeah. Kinds of Aside from that, though, up top, I mean, you got options there. Like now, now you got Anthony Gordon, who like was had a rough season at newcastle but like you never know what you're gonna get from him. but you have depth at least yeah, yeah, he seems Maximum. like that garnacho player where you'll like toss him on and he'll provide some energy and spark he's really quick so like he could uh, against the tired back line 70th minute 80th minute he could definitely listen i feel like there. people have a little too high expectations of him because he cost 40 million 40 million was a joke I mean, he was good at Everton. Like, he was really he was good. good. 40 million should be, like, really good. Not just, <laughs> like, you know, like, I scored six goals no, at Everton. Like he... No, listen, six goals at Everton is a lot. But... 
I mean, this isn't like Demar Gray. Like, I think he was better than Demar Gray. Like, and plus, he's like what, 19, 20 years old? Like, he's playing. He's playing the U twenty ones, right? The twenty whatever this yeah, twenty three is. So like, he's under twenty one years old. So like, that comes with that English tax. Like, I could see forty million percent. Um, also, January signings tend to be upcharged a little bit because there's that you know yeah element of urgency, should I say? Mm-hmm. Um, like forty million, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. He's a good player. And I don't know if he really fits at Newcastle in terms of their starting 11 because definitely like Moxamon, definitely Isaac's got to play. Callum Wilson, I don't know how you drop him, even though what, he's got to be getting up there in age, but you put up a 17-goal season, like you can't be... Targeting Harvey Barnes as well, too. Yeah, well, I mean, I, again, like, winger's just not an area of need. Like, Almiron's a good rotational winger as well, maybe right wing... I can honestly see them offloading St. Maximon. Like, a player of his quality wasn't getting that many minutes. Like, that whole, um, like, Ruben Neves thing. You were, I told you about that, right? You told me about it, but I haven't heard anything about it. Uh, It's not, it's not really like a something to hear about. It's kind of just like really concerning. Um, I'll go through it again, but like, so Ruben Neves was sold from Wolves to, what at one of them Alan mm. Todd maybe the one with the the one I think Benzema's I think that's one. like yeah it's yeah they're I don't know just what it was they're all owned by the private oh. fund so it really doesn't matter what team they play for yeah so to um, essentially what can only be uh, the only explanation for it would be to avoid the UEFA mm. fair play because Saudi Arabia is not yeah. in UEFA um the private investment fund would buy the player from Wolves, so it doesn't have to go on the Newcastle books. By the way, Private Investment Fund, to remind everybody, owns both the Saudi Arabia League and Newcastle United. Uh-huh. So they were going to, in theory, reported by uh, Fabrizio, I don't think he's. it's actually been completed yet, but it's been rumored, um, they bought Neves to Saudi Arabia is done. Mm-hmm. Here we go. But the rumor was that he was going to get loaned to Newcastle for much, much cheaper. Yeah. Which is very, very concerning mm. because now you're skirting all the UEFA fair play rules yeah. that, by the way, are bullshit because mm. God knows they've been broken by Man City. Um, I mean, maybe they're not bullshit, but like they're definitely hundreds of loopholes that have been exploited yeah. uh, by PSG, City, Barcelona, probably like who fucking knows. Mm. Um, so like God knows that that even makes any sense to like complain about really but it's very very concerning that that's just like an obvious loophole here and like it seems like maybe this newcastle the this transfer shouldn't like there should be some rule in uefa where you two clubs owned by the same fund or entity should not be able to transfer players but then again barcelona uh the red bull teams do it so like I don't know. It's just very, very sketchy, it seems. Yeah. And again, it hasn't gone through yet, Nevis to Newcastle. So maybe it's kind of just one of those things that people were speculating about. Uh, but if it does, if that does happen, now we could be looking at some very sketchy things going on with Newcastle. However, Ruben Nevis is not going to make this team a Premier League champion. So, like, let's, let's hold our horses a little bit on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's something to think about when it comes to Newcastle, you know, Saudi Arabia coming into it. But um yeah again holes to fill with this team you kind of just strengthening everywhere yeah you know at every position it's one of those teams where like there's no like rock star you know there's no Mm -hmm. mo salah van dyke so like 
there's no player on the field where you're like maybe Trippier, but like there's no player on the field in my opinion that you couldn't upgrade. But like there's also very few positions where it feels like needs upgrading. Mm. Definitely left back with Dan Byrne. You're mm. not going to get very far yeah. with Dan Byrne and left back as much as it is very as much comical as, yeah. how well he's played. <laughs> he fits into the defensive system yeah. really well, but at for the levels that Newcastle are trying to push now, because yeah. it's not just about maintaining this level. It's about, yeah. you know, pushing those uh-huh. boundaries. They need somebody more yeah. versatile. Yeah. Um, like I said, like there are specific positions of need, but like it just feels like every player could potentially be upgraded by somebody better. However, they don't really have a specific area, you know, and mm-hmm. that that difference in gap doesn't necessarily need to be covered by a signing it could be just development of players a lot of young guys in this team obviously so yeah scary hours for newcastle united um but that will just about round it out for the newcastle pod again it's gonna be an interesting summer for newcastle it's gonna be an interesting summer forever as long as they're owned by the private investment fund yeah uh because they just have this bank with them uh so they could go for some very quick signings like just like that tonali wasn't around that rumor wasn't around for very long before he was signed so um they work very quickly and we could see this team transform before uh we kick off in august so with that we'll sign off for this podcast adios see ya